You're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast with Lee Fulford, where questions about the Bible meet real life. Amen, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to make sure, uh, first we'll start off with the vision. Um, the vision says to equip people with the knowledge of God's word, to empower people to seek God's face in daily prayer, to encourage and be filled with the Holy Spirit, to evangelize our community and our country and our country, to embrace each person in godly love, for God is love, for each one to reach one. Amen. I'm just nervous. I don't, every time, every time. But I believe God has something for us today. We want to take this time to dismiss the children. Uh, there is a children's Bible study that happens in the back. So if you're new here, if you have young ones, there is a children's ministry that is in the back. Also, quickly, I want to introduce or let you know that starting June 8th, June 8th, it will be the beginning of our Wednesday family Bible study, meaning (laughs) this will be a time where on that evening there will be food and we can enjoy it as a family. So those of you that make a decision, do I go straight to church or do I go home? Well, on that night, the decision is easy. Come into the house of the Lord. And we're looking forward to seeing you there. I want to make sure I have... Okay. So, um, I want to make sure... Thank Pastor Jomo for the opportunity to uh, preach. You know, you got all this stuff. Um, My wife, love you. She's at the house. And um, let's get into it. I'm excited about what God's going to teach us today as we go in the book of Romans. So, let's start with our Bibles. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I believe that my life will never be the same after hearing and doing the living Word of God. Amen. Amen. Stuff going on. So, I have to start with a quick recap, right? And today I'm speaking from the topic of check your account. Check your account. Now, today I got to do a little bit of a recap. So, we're in Romans, and Romans starts off with bad news. So, I'm going to give you the bad news first, right? The bad news is the whole world is guilty before a perfect and holy God. Man, (laughs) just jump right in, Lee. Yes, Um, that's how the book of Romans starts off. Uh, The whole world is guilty before a perfect and holy God. One of the reasons it's, it's guilty is because the law of God has been written on our hearts and man has chose to disobey God's word. We can see many times we know right or wrong. 
Like, you don't have to open a Bible to realize that you don't go into an elementary school and, and shoot people, right? Um, our conscience, we understand this, we know this, but it also shows the broken world that we're living in. It shows us that, hey, um, if there used to be a, uh, people aren't that bad or everything, Romans reminds us that the whole world is guilty unto sin. Romans chapter 3 also reminds us, Elder Fitz mentioned um, that no one is righteous. No, not one. So as Paul opens up, there is the bad news. Hey, we're all guilty. And those of us that would think we're righteous, he confirms that none of us are righteous. And then it gets even worse. We see, and we saw in the second chapter, Romans 2, 6, that every sin you ever commit must be judged. So he says in 6, we, 2, 6, we, he will render to each one according to his works, right? So let's look at the bad news. Everybody's guilty. We all know we're guilty. We will all be judged, and no one's righteous. <laughs> well, God bless you. <laughs> this, is gonna be, this is tough. But um, as we sit in that moment for a second, Romans gives us an answer. Romans walks us through the question that many of us should be wondering at this time. Well, how are we saved? How does a person get right with God? Well, we found out in the end of Romans chapter, um, actually, I'm not going to go there yet. We find out um, how a person gets saved, but I want to ask you a question. How do you get right with God? How do you get right with God? If you ask different people, you hear certain things. And I've asked a couple people, and sometimes I hear that, you know, well, when I was a kid, my mom took me to church all the time. I grew up in the church, right? My uncle's a deacon, my dad's a pastor, all these things. And it sounds kind of like when the Jews say, well, I'm a Jew. My background, my heritage is what I would lean on for my salvation. But mm, not sure that will work. If you ask another, they say, well, I do good works, right? I, I go to church. I give cereal to the poor, I feed the hungry, I do all these religious works, so that is what I serve, I serve as an usher, I'm on the usher board, I don't know if they still have usher boards, but um, uh, these religious works, sounds like uh, in Romans time they would say, I'm circumcised, I do the religious activities, I do the religious, I've lined up with the covenant, so the circumcision um, allow me to be saved or get me right with God. And then there's some that may say, well, I'm a good person. You know, I have a pretty good moral compass. I do, I do good things. And so this is the kind of person that will say, you know, I'm a good person. In Romans time, they would say, I obey the law. So the law is what could save me. Well, the Jewish law had... 613 laws, right? Now, most of us don't, don't follow all 613. Matter of fact, some of us have a problem with the 10. 
some of us have a problem with the gin. But I, I used to do this illustration with the kids. So pretend this is you. Imagine this is you. You know, you're beautifully sculpted. You're wonderful and amazing, right? And let's say that your righteousness, let's say you try to uh, build your righteousness and your salvation on the law. So this will represent the law. Well, James tells us that if anyone breaks one part of the law, they've broken the whole law. So it doesn't matter if I, um, if I don't remember the Sabbath. It doesn't matter if I commit adultery. It doesn't matter if I lie. It doesn't matter if I cheat. Or it doesn't matter if I steal. Because any point, if I break the law, I'm guilty of sin. So is this a good model for how we can get our salvation? I purposely did this because I want you to be like, when is he going to cut it? <laughs> I want to get your attention. We can't depend on the law because if we at any point break the law, then we shatter. We get destruction. We have um, got the just deserves, the judgment that we deserve. Well, Paul, if I can't trust on my heritage or my background or my religious works, then how am I saved? Well, the good news was mentioned last, last week in Romans chapter 3. We'll start at verse 21. But now the righteousness of God has been revealed apart from the law, through the law, and the, though the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace. And are justified by his grace as a gift, though through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. He gives us the answer. It's not circumcision. It's not the law. It's not your heritage or your culture. Justification happens through faith. So Paul makes a theological argument. And now Paul says, he's a good preacher, so let's give him an example. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to Romans chapter 4, and we're going to use the example. Now, if I was Paul, and I want to give an example that everybody knew, and everybody probably already knew their story, I would pick Abraham, and that's what Paul does. He picks Abraham, and we're going to start in, in Romans chapter 4, verse 1. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. If justification... If salvation comes through works, then you can show God your stat sheet. You could be like, um, haven't missed a Sunday? All COVID. Haven't. <laughs> um, you can start going down your stat sheet and a person would boast and say, hey, I deserve to be in heaven. I deserve salvation. I deserve to have my sins forgiven. But Paul lets us know that 
Abraham was not justified by works. He even says, but not before God. So your boasting may sound good to your neighbor. It may look good on Facebook, but God ain't impressed. He's not impressed with our works. If our works, if it was by works, then you could have... um, Ephesians 2, 89 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. (laughs) God knows us. He knows if there's a way I can flex, you will flex and say, here is why I should be in heaven, right? So if it's not by works, then let's look at how Abraham did it in verse 3. For the scripture said, and I like this, if you're looking for an answer for how to be saved, and the scripture says, the Bible teaches us how to be saved. He says, for the scripture says, Abraham believed, and it was counted to him as righteousness. So Paul is mentioning this story of Abraham, and it's really a harken back to uh, Genesis chapter 15, verses 5 and 6. So we're going to go back and see the context of Genesis 15, 5 and 6, and see what happened at this time. So Genesis 15, 5 says, and he brought him outside, that he here is God, this is a conversation with Abraham. And he brought him outside and said, look toward the heaven and number the stars if you're able, if you're able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord and it was counted toward righteousness. That word believe means to put trust in, to put confidence in. Now, belief must have an object. I, I, it bothers me. I'll see, they'd be like, I believe, I believe. And I'll say, believe in what? When we look at the text, um, Abraham said he believed what God had said. It was counted for righteousness because he believed what God has said. Too many times we take God off the object of belief, and I believe in myself. I believe in my government. I believe in whoever. But Abraham, for salvation's sake, was saying he believed. And who's the he? It was God. It's when we believe what God says that we have righteousness. And what I thought is cool is Abraham, Abram at this point is 86 years old. He's 86 years old and he says, I still believe. Hey, you're going to have offspring, but you're 86. I still believe. And Sarah, about old as you, I still believe because uh, the just shall walk by faith. When God said it, you can take it to the bank. The believer is one that says, hey, I don't necessarily know how it's going to work out, but God said it and I believe it. God told Abram that you're going to be the father of many nations. In order to be the father of many nations, you need two things. You need a son, or else you're not a father, and you need a land, or else you're not a nation. And he had neither one of them at this point. And yet, he believed. So even when I don't see it, I believe. And God said, and he counted it unto righteousness. That word counted is an accounting term. It means a transaction took place. The just shall live 
by faith. God said, Abraham, this will be your offspring. Abraham said, I believe. And God said, Abraham, check your account. I have just placed righteousness in your account because you believed. Every so often I get a text message from a family member. We all have this family member. And they say, hey, Lee, let me hold something. What? <laughs> you know, it'd just be a dollar amount and a cash app. It'd just be a dollar amount and a cash app. And I'd be like, you know what? I got you. I got you. A transaction took place. God says, hey, you know what? I need to get righteousness to Abraham. And I see that Abraham, your cash app is dollar sign F-A-I-T-H. So I am going to transfer righteousness into your account. The Bible says righteousness was accounted to him because he believed. Verse 4, now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, right? So now who here um, if you work hard every day, if you go out, you're working, and your boss say, hey, I got a gift for you. I got a gift for you. Check your account. And if I check my account, and it looked like the money that I already worked for, then this ain't no gift. Matter of fact, you better have had my money in my account. Here's the point. If it's for works, then it's not a gift. You can't gift me something I worked for. So when God is saying, listen, God's gift, salvation is a gift. And if it's a gift, you can't work for it. Because if I worked for it, then you owe me. It's due to me. But if I know that I can't, verse 5 says, and to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly. Listen, he said, I'm one of the ungodly. I'm one of the ones that no one is righteous. I can't work for it. There's no way I can get it. And you gave it to me? I know because I believe in the God who justifies the ungodly. Anybody in here with the past needs to shout that God justifies the ungodly. Those that were not worthy of it, those that were lost in their sins, God says, that's okay. Because you believe, I accounted it unto righteousness. Check your account. Now, it says, um, so if I'm going through trying to convince the Romans, first I go to Abraham. Then I got to go to somebody else that everybody know their problems. Everybody know their issue. He said, next man up, uh, David, come on up to the stand because we know your issues, David. Verse 6, just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. David, your righteousness was given apart from your works. We know your works, David. We know what you did, David. We know you lied, committed adultery, and killed the husband. So David said, blessed 
are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. See, when you have a past, when you struggle with greed, pride, lust, impatience, you realize that, listen, God, it is only by your grace. It is only by your grace. And then how much, how much righteousness did God attribute to the account? Enough to cover all the sins. Blessed is the man whose iniquity is covered, whose sins are forgiven. God credited enough righteousness in the account to cover your sins. The Bible says, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. The reason I trust him, the reason I love him is because where sin abounds, God credited more righteousness than I have sinned. But, amen, amen. But earlier we said every sin must be judged. So if the sin wasn't charged to me, who was it charged to? Because every sin must be judged. And if it wasn't charged to me, then where is this sin, this unaccounted for sin, called for? I remember in business school, we had an accounting class. And I realized I wasn't going to be an accountant. <laughs> I realized I didn't have the patience for it. Uh, the final project was for us to do the books for this, you know, Acme Corp, right? And so we're going through and the accounts receivables and this and this and depreciated assets, blah, 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 blah. Boring, put me to sleep too. But we were getting to the end of it and there was still, like the sheets didn't balance. There was like $2.50 some cents. And I say, teach, listen, I mean, look, <laughs> we can figure this out. Right? But he says, in accounting, the books have got to balance. It has every cent, every dime, every dollar must be accounted for. And on God's ledger, every sin, every action, every thought must be accounted for. So where is that? If I have the righteousness, then where does my sin go? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.21. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is how salvation works. The thing I like about Romans is he gets under the hood and said, here is how your salvation works. So by faith, you believe God takes your, God credits righteousness to your account. And then he takes Christ who did not have sin to account for. So because he was a sinless savior, the wrath that he endured on the cross 
was not because of his own sin. It's because my sin needs to be accounted for. Every thought, deed, unrighteous act needed to be accounted for. So they took Jesus who knew no sin, and I said, here are my sins. I believe you died on the cross in my place, and now I take on your righteousness. So it wasn't just a transaction. It was an exchange. It was his life. For mine. He died on the cross so I can live. The just shall walk by faith. The reason we believe this gospel is because if I try to do it myself, I realize that I could boast. But grace by faith, it's a gift of God. Jesus made the initiative to offer me the gift. Well, how do I receive it? By faith. Faith is like my hands, right? He's given it, and by faith, I'm receiving it. And then we are righteous. Amen? So this is good teaching. I feel like, wow, come on, Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, verse 9. Is the blessing then only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? So here's what's happening. So Paul has, has gone through this whole thing. Hey, grace by faith. Um, it's salvation by grace through faith, right? And now the question becomes, so who has access to this grace? Because if Abraham is the father Abraham... Did Abraham get access to this before he was circumcised or after? Does grace come before the religious acts or after? Because, well, let's see. Verse 10, how then was it counted to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? Not after, but before he was circumcised. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised so that the righteousness will be counted to them as well. Because Chapter 15, verse 6, because the righteousness was accounted to Abraham before he was circumcised, and it was about 16 years before he was circumcised. So if it's counted to him before, then everybody has access that does what Abraham has done up to that point. And all Abraham has done up to that point is received by faith. So there aren't all these works that have to be done for salvation. Now, circumcision was a sign of what already happened. Okay? It's an outward sign of the inward change. It's because I am saved, because I am righteous, now I will do this act. Baptism in the New Testament is similar. It is not the baptism that saves you. 
It's the faith before and then the act. Amen? So we got to make sure we get our order right. Hey, the reason, now we should do the, the works because we're going to continue. Uh, we should walk out holiness and that's, you know, this is chapter four. All right, here's some other chapters. We'll get to that. <laughs> but in chapter four, the example is faith first. You get on the bus <laughs> with the faith. You get in the family, better, you get in the family with faith, right? <laughs> with faith. Um, circumcision was a sign. Faith comes first. Okay. Now this opens it up so it's not just Jews, okay? The, remember, circumcision was a sign of the covenant that God made with Israel. Now, I don't know how many Jews are in here because I know there are Jews that look different colors. However, I'm assuming that there's not a whole lot of Jews in here. Now, my point is I can still have access to Abraham's promise without being a Jew because I'm doing the same thing Abraham did before he was circumcised, and that was he believed God. I accept it by faith. So this is why many times we read in Genesis and we say, hey, yes, you know, blessed, and so forth, the, the promise that God gave to Abraham. The reason we claim that is because now we are children of Abraham um, and not under the children of the circumcision. So, verse 12, and to make him the father of the uncircumcised, who were not merely circumcised, but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. In order to walk in all the promises that God has, then walk the way Abraham walked. Walk the way Abraham walked. Well, Lee, how did Abraham walk? Well, in Hebrews chapter 12, there is this chapter, Hall of Faith chapter. And it says, by faith, Abraham left and went to a city he did not know of. By faith, Sarah conceived. By faith, David, I mean, Abraham offered his son. By faith, he looked for a city whose maker was Jesus. So by faith, if I'm going to walk by Abraham, it's going to be this walk of faith. I'm looking to Jesus. I'm stepping out. I'm being obedient. I'm accepting all that God has for me. And now I am under the covenant of grace, just like Abraham. Amen? Amen. So Paul is laying this whole thing down. He's like, did you get it? They're like, I think we get it. He said, well, let me keep going. <laughs> um, for the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world, did not come through the law. So it's not through circumcision, right? It's not through religious acts. Well, what about the law? You know, I said earlier, hey, some people felt they were saved because they were Jews, because they were circumcised, and thirdly, because of the law. And he says, for if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, Faith is null and the promise is void. 
For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. <laughs> if there isn't a law, Abraham couldn't have been obeying the law. He couldn't have been breaking the law, right? Matter of fact, Abraham is in Genesis 15. The law is in Exodus about 430 years later. So if the law wasn't invented till 430 years later, you didn't break it. And it didn't bring you salvation either because it didn't exist. So he's locking down all these things that we would think cause salvation. It's not because of my family. It's not because of my history. It's not because of religious acts. It's not because I'm following the Ten Commandments. It's because I received them by faith. Now, we look at the type of faith that um, Abraham exhibits here. 16, that is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on the grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom you believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. David, uh, Abraham trusted God so much so that he trusted God to bring back the, well, he considered his body dead. I mean, 99 years old, ain't too many children, right? Um, so he said, even if the situation looks dead, this is the kind of faith Abraham had. Even though the situation looks dead, God said it, so I believe it. Even though Sarah is 90-something years old, God said it, I believe it. The strength of the faith is on the person who said it. And many times, if we believe we have a big God, then we should have big faith. But the problem is sometimes we believe we have this little God, so we have little faith. But our father Abraham gave us an example. He said, I will. Uh, he believed God even though he had no evidence. When I was reading it, and I said, God said, you're going to be the father of many nations. You've got no land. You've got no people. And he said, God said it. It's going to happen. That's the kind of faith that our father Abraham has. If God said it, it's going to happen. So I started looking. I said, well, what else? does God say about the believers, about his children? God says, God's word calls me a saint. He says I'm holy and blameless. And if God said it, I believe it. God's word says I'm forgiven. And if God's word said it, I believe it. He says I'm predestined to be an heir of Jesus Christ because he said it, I believe it. God says, I am blessed with spiritual blessings. He said it. 
I believe it. He said, I am accepted in the beloved. God said it. I believe it. He said, I am redeemed through his blood. God said it. I believe it. He says, I am a child of God. God said it. I believe it. God says, I am sealed with the Holy Spirit. God said it. I believe it. God said, I have passed from death to life. God said it. I believe it. Sometimes I don't see it. Sometimes I don't feel it. Sometimes I don't understand what you see, but you said it, and I believe it. Our father Abraham did it, and we are walking and believing against hope, just like Abraham. We need to act like, I was going to say act like your daddy, uh, father Abraham. <laughs> I think that's better. I, yeah, act like father Abraham. Now check out verse 18. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told, so shall your offspring breathe. And he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body. I looked at my evidence. I looked at my situation. And my faith doesn't weaken. I look at my habits and my faith doesn't weaken. Which was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But, here's another one, but he grew strong. I see the situation. I see all the wrong things. I see the bad part, but he grew strong. I didn't get weaker in my faith. I grew stronger in my faith. It says he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. The object of his faith was God. The reason your faith grew is because the object of your faith is God. It grows stronger, not weaker. Because that we are God, our God takes us from faith to faith and glory to glory. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. Verse 23. But the words, it was counted to him, were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Amen, amen. <clears throat> Whew. Such a solid foundation. Such a strong foundation. In Scripture, Paul says such a great and mighty faith that we have. We can be rooted and grounded in it because we have a God that cannot lie and a God that does not change. He did it for Abraham, and he'll do it for us. Amen? Um, this faith, this, I'm sorry, this righteousness is received by 
And if you have never committed your life to Christ, if you've never reached out your hand and received the grace that God gave, then today is the day. Romans says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Today is your opportunity to grab on to that grace. And even when Satan comes against you and said, hey, it ain't real, we understand that I must believe what God's word says. The Bible said it, and that settles it. Amen? If you have not accepted Christ, or if you're watching on the stream, and you'd like to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, uh, just repeat this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I realize that I am a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, come into my life, and fill me with your spirit. Thank you for your salvation. I accept it now by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you've made that uh, confession, then we want to know about it. Head over to lfcc.tv forward slash pray. That's lfcc.tv forward slash pray. We want to know about it and reach out because we want to hear what God is doing in your life. Amen. Well, now is the time for offering. Uh, we're going to sow into uh, the ministry. Amen. Amen. So there are four ways to give. Um, you can go to lfcc.tv forward slash give. You can go to, <laughs> I was going to move around because I know, um, lfcc.tv forward slash give. You can text the amount to 84321 or cash app, <laughs> dollar sign love first. And you can mail your gifts in. We appreciate your generosity. It allows us to continue shedding the gospel with a dying world. Um, let's take this moment to bless the offering. Dear Father, I pray, God, that you will continue to bless your people. Lord, I pray that the same blessing that you placed on Abraham, you will see it in the life of each and every individual that gives into your kingdom, that follows your word and lives according to your will. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So coming up, there is the uh, scholarship the deadline for submission is July 1st. So if you have not or if you um, going to college, know somebody going to college, a little application you got to fill out. But uh, it's a very good opportunity for you to get some assistance. Um, graduates. So we'll be celebrating the graduates coming up shortly. So uh, it's senior season. Do we have any seniors in the house? What? <laughs> I love it. Any, I'm sorry. Yes, glad to have you. Glad to have you. And any graduating seniors also are able to. I know. I'm sorry. My fault. My fault. Um, but exciting news. Exciting news. Um, this study of Romans is so pivotal that we've, there are two ways for you to continue getting a deeper dive into Romans. One is in person on Friday mornings. Uh, I believe it's 10 o'clock. 
Uh, Pastor Tommy and small group are going through Romans live in person here in the sanctuary. Amazing time to come, come out and fellowship going through the book of Romans. Also, online on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Uh, Woohoo! <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, those that are the Zoom, uh, we'll be going through the book of Romans on Tuesday nights starting uh, the first Tuesday in June. So at 7 o'clock, we'll be continuing. So here's what I want you to do. If you have questions from some of the things that we're going on, because Romans is doctrinally deep in, in areas, right? So come out to the morning so you can, to the Friday morning for you to get your questions answered. Jump onto the Zoom to get your questions answered because we want to make sure you truly understand this great salvation that God has for us. Amen? Amen. Well, if all hearts and minds are clear, we can, oh, just a reminder that, um, again, make sure you invite your friends. Let them know, hey, we are back. We are back. Wednesday night is open back up. So we're looking forward to seeing uh, you in the place and fellowshipping with you guys together. All right. First John 4.4. 4. Let's rise. Let's stand up. Uh, and we read together. First John 4.4. 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God bless you. Have a great week.